Hey, welcome back to the Bring It Back podcast. My name is Nathan. And I'm Micah. And we wanna just have really authentic, unique conversations and try to tackle different topics that maybe you don't hear kind of navigated through the lens that we'll look at things through. We're gonna use the Bible as the lens and the foundation that builds our worldview and gives us kind of the answers to some of these questions that we're talking about. So thanks for joining and let's get into it. Welcome back. Welcome back guys to the Bringing It Back podcast. Excited to have you all here. Man, we are. We're a little, we're pretty chill today. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling real good. I don't know why that is. Uh, I wouldn't know. I don't know if my description would be like feeling real good. Uh, oh, it's yeah. like chill. I think I didn't take a nap today in the last couple of days. I've been a nappy boy. Yeah. And I've taken some naps. So maybe I feel like I'm due for one, even though it's unearned. Yeah. And so there's a complex emotion there. Of, I feel tired, but I don't really know if I earn tired. Hmm. And so here I am. Are you an everyday napper? Uh, as of this week, I was napping every day except for today. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like it when that becomes the cycle. Or the yeah. default. It's kind of like path of least resistance, your body, Pavlov dog, you're trained to sure. just go and take a nap afterwards. And it's not, especially whenever you, I have a weird schedule and if I go take a nap immediately after work, it absolutely is dark. And then so waking up in the darkness is Yeah, like, it's always a weird dynamic. Dang, that kind of sucks, yeah. I feel bad every time I take a nap. Yeah. It's just like messes up my routine. And then I feel more tired. Yeah, but so it's I'm, not I'm not a big like restful. Yeah, I'm not a big napper. Unless you set, I think power naps are very effective. 20 like short naps, ones, yeah. Yeah, you That's take fair. a 20 minute, like, ooh. You actually, personally for me, I don't actually feel like I fall asleep, but it is that like, okay, I'm actively resting which is an oxymoron but mm-hmm. my body needs to stop for a little bit and then i'm ready to go yeah that's an interesting idea of like rest is just like really not doing anything mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people's definition of rest is like laying my bed on my phone right which still doesn't feel like rest totally because your brain is still operating yeah it, it it's not rest like i think our phones really do rob us of boredom even if you're like bored yeah. and you're not doing anything I think the the mindlessness, uh, allowing your mind to like explore, is really valuable. And huh. if we don't have boredom, like as a thing where we can just our mind can drift and think about either solutions to problems or ideas that we want to create, yeah, we're kind of robbing ourselves of a thing that's just built into human beings. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Like robbing yourself of the opportunity to think about things. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I do like that. I've never thought about it like that. I think everybody would probably agree, though. You just like don't feel good when yeah. you when you sit on your phone for a long time. Oh no, man, it's not it's not satiating. No, it's yeah. just like you you finish it and you just did it for two hours and you don't really know why. Yeah, it's I don't know why I did that because I don't feel good, but for some reason I like liked it. I guess. Well, I think it's kind of like uh, who was it? Is either Cal Newport or Tristan Harris? Both of yeah. these guys are in like the tech world, and they they talk about. Um, yeah, just just how candy is essentially like it can be a good thing. Sugar to our body gets right. converted to uh, glucose and then sure. powers the machine, but it's not quite the same as getting a steak dinner with potatoes and broccoli right. where you feel full. Yeah, and so this thing that can be really cool, like going on your phone, going to YouTube, going to Instagram. Maybe there's some hobby. Like I like diving and I like to watch diving videos. It inspires me to want really? to go and take a diving trip. Do you dive? I'm a diver. Like scuba dive? Certified. 
open water. Are you really? Patty. Yeah. I didn't know that, dude. Yeah. I was just talking with Nate Fraley about diving. Oh, Nate they, Fraley is a because their whole family's a big diver. Di- yeah, they're, they're they're big divers. He told me that his dad uh, shot a barracuda without knowing that it was a barracuda, and then when he went back up to the guy who was like in charge of the boat, he was like, "If you would have missed, you probably would be dead right no now." No way. Yeah. How, how hard think, is that? I vaguely remember Nate telling me about That's some barracuda hard. story, which. I don't really know. I know that barracudas are scary. It's bad what things. kills Nemo in the movie. Finding yeah, Nemo. Yeah, but Nemo's a tiny little clownfish. Yeah, they're big though. I saw a video of a barracuda the other day. I'll show you when we're done. Okay. And you'll be like, okay, that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's cool. Diving, diving is cool because you're an alien, and you should be dead. Yeah. Like you're you're in another world, and there's just so much cool stuff that goes on huh. down there. So yeah. that's like your video of choice, like your really niche video is diving. Uh, videos. I don't know, like my explore page on Instagram, it has diving, it has volleyball, uh, and I really do think that like sometimes video game things pop up there or yeah. tech things like camera things, but those are so hit or miss. It's like I will have to watch one of those videos for it to trigger and then pop all that yeah. stuff up. Hmm. Um, but I'm yeah, diving videos are really cool. Interesting. So uh, the video itself, like I'll finish my point and yeah, go ahead, move on, or whatever. But the the video of my choice, it inspires something in me to go and want to do something else. Yeah. But it also can like almost take the place of like I see the cool thing and then it's like ah, oh, it kind of works. It kind of it's that scratch in the back of huh. my mind to go do that thing. So yeah. I think you can use these as tools to prompt you to want to do more in life. But mm-hmm. if you leave it just at face value, it's kind of like stimulating a little bit of a dopamine release and that holds you at bay, uh, which probably yeah. contributes to a low hum of anxiety in our lives. Yeah. Interesting. There's a cooking guy I really like. His name's Salt Hank. I don't know. Salt Hank's But he's dope. a good follow though. He does like the little reels on Instagram where mm-hmm. it's like really satisfying cooking videos, but he does a YouTube page and me and my roommates have been into like cooking the stuff that he cooks. Salt Hank. Salt Hank is good and then uh, let's see. Yeah, I do Salt Hank videos. I'm trying to think like steak videos, and there's another. Oh, I've been into house tours recently as well. Wow, well, real like estate makes sense. That's yeah. kind of, you know, like one of your things. Yeah. You know what else I like? Reading. Oh, dude, I love reading. You know, wait, really? Yeah, this past, so I set a goal last year to read yeah. 40 books. Yeah. Uh, the year prior to that, I think I had read zero. Yeah. So I said, like, I want to get reading to be a normal part of my everyday life. And that year, I think I read three. So, yeah. you know, three more than zero is a lot, but I didn't hit 40. Sure. And this year, I set the goal to read 20, and I did it. Nice, dude. Yeah. yeah so. Well, did you have a favorite of your 20? Favorite's kind of tough. Uh, there's two different, like, fantasy series that I read that were really good. One of them, uh, the, the book is called Name of the Wind. And then there's another series called The Stormlight Archives. And hmm. both of them were just, I just ate it up, dude. I love, I, I, I forgot that I love fantasy and yeah. just the worlds that kind of created and even yeah. some faith motifs that are present inside of them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, love those books. Faith motifs. Mm. What a term. Yeah, dude, I'm, I didn't enjoy reading in high school or college just because like school is yeah, so prevalent. Yeah. yeah. When I graduated, I realized, man, I love reading again. It's so much fun. And I'm pretty much either reading a theology book or <laughs> like what we're talking about today, like right now, Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's here's the my my start on Harry Potter. Okay. I used it. to make fun of people who liked Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. Uh, you're a nerd if you like Harry Potter. Like if you make the statement the books are better than the movies, I should make fun of you <laughs> because you have that opinion. Nice. Much less uh, about a little wizard boy. Yeah. My friends John 
Aaron and Jonah, I'll credit those three guys were like, just give it a chance. You got you to try. Yeah. Read the first book, hooked. Yeah. Ate it up, dude. Yeah. So good. I, so I read all the books in the span of like three months last winter. Incredible. I love it. Love them. And I'm rereading them right now just because I like them so much. Yeah. Okay. So you made fun of kids who read them because you thought it was nerdy. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, what, what I also else? wasn't allowed to read them. that. I, we needed to get to that part. Yeah. I wasn't that, allowed to read that them when was I was a kid. true for me too. Right. Uh, that growing up in a Christian household. Yeah. Uh, mom, more so than dad in my house, was like, hey, you just, you can't read those. Yeah. Um, and when... You know, you talk about your friends or other people like, well, others are reading it. They say, okay, yeah. but, you know, what, what are they practicing in there? It's witchcraft. Mm-hmm. They're practicing witchcraft, which we know is not a Christian thing. We don't sure. do it, right? So then it was kind of, honestly, not that big a deal for me. So maybe I went down the default route, too, of just yeah. making fun of other kids because I couldn't do it. And it's not that cool anyway, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, but my story is a little bit similar to yours in that there were friends that were saying, like, hey, you know what? Like... You can have that opinion, but it's ill-informed. You don't you don't know kind of what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you remember in high school where you'd have a final, and you yeah. after you finish your final, you just have done. To sit there. You're done, right? So I finished my final junior year of high school, and I didn't have a book with me or anything. Mm-hmm. You can't be on your phone. All the things. And there was a kid who had the Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book, right yep. next to me. Snatched that mug up. Yep. Read it. The rest of that day yep. and the rest of that night. I finished that book day one. It's an easy one. Like those, just, those first you know, two, 300 you can pages or whatever. Like them. it's just a tiny little read. And J.K. Rowling's like writing develops as the stories go yep. on. So it's a very simple read at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then as you keep reading, yeah, it's awesome. I love the progression. Over the next ten days, I end up reading all of the books. Yeah. Uh, except all of the them? seventh one wasn't out at that point in time. Wow, so, dude, that's cool that you got to dude, like read it. Yeah, at the, the last release. one, like whenever it came out, it was so much fun. I remember having like a flashlight under my blankets. Yeah. Pouring over reading these books, as I'm like in the middle of finals week, and yeah. it was just like these books are so good. I'm I'm kind of hooked. Yeah, uh, dude. So that's my you know like introduction yeah. into the hp world so i think what we have to address is the complaints or the the other arguments that come up which we kind of already did yeah uh one in a lot of christian households it tends to be the the witchcraft involvement right yes so that's really the actually now i think about really the only one that comes up from christians unless you can think of another yeah no i mean yeah i think that that's the big one is that literally Harry is des- described as a wizard, mm-hmm. and Hermione and other female... They're witches. They're witches. Sure. So, witches practicing casting spells. There's yeah. different names that are mentioned of different sure. spells. So, uh, I'm trying to remember. There's even, you know, elements of the story where they, they extract, like, memories from yeah. snakes they put it. They put it in the pensive. Yeah. Also, well, I think and, we'll have to preface... If you haven't read it or seen it, there's probably going to be spoilers. Oh, so, yeah, so if you haven't, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to have to stop listening. Right. We, I, I should have done my homework. I should have read all the books in preparation yeah, for dude. today. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that element yeah. of it, too. It's like the removing memories and things like that. So, yeah, the, all of that, uh, I jumped immediately. And honestly, I Googled uh, to find out, you know, Harry Potter and the Bible. Like, what <laughs> what is there? Sure. I mean, I think use, using the Internet is so helpful in yeah. pouring over and finding stuff that's relevant. So Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 11 uh, says, Let no one be found among you who sacrificed her son or daughter in the fire, Classic. who practices divination or sorcery, mm-hmm. interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spirit uh, spiritualist who consults the dead. Yep. So 
That's the, the that's like the most quoted one. The most. Uh, if, if you look like, up Christians in Harry Potter, that's what you're going to see. That and it just says you know engaging in uh, practicing divination or sorcery, interpreting omens, and engaging in witchcraft or casting spells. Mm-hmm. So, um, like the first thing that that triggers in my mind is really just like okay, so is me reading about this fantastical world. The yeah, that's, same as, that's, so that's my thing. Fantastical world. Yeah. A world that's not real. Reality. Is is me reading about people yeah. who are casting spells, is it the same? Does it equate to me casting a spell? Mm-hmm. My short answer is no. Yeah, that's, um, my, that's so my very short answer. It, it's not the same. I'm not believing that something is going to transpire. That's not that, – that, I think to think that that's going to somehow like give you a curse or a demonic yeah. spirit – it's just like not how that works. Well, what about you know the language of giving the enemy a foothold? Yeah, that's so. I I think at the end of the day, and this is where I would probably circle back around at the end and say, and we talk about the verse where you know not everything is sin, but not everything is wise, right? Yeah. Um, it's again knowing yourself. So if I could think back to my parents not letting me read it, but like yeah, it's probably a good idea because when I'm a kid, I don't have the discernment to know. Yeah what's reality and what's and i guess part of it is like yeah that is a reality because that's some that's something we're told to avoid i as a 23 year old when i first read them am very aware of like my involvement in the body of christ my identity is like someone saved by grace i can hold those things in balance and i think at the end of the day my i guess what i'll keep coming back to is just like it's not real and here would be my other objection to that argument is a bit of an inconsistency people hate harry potter they love lion the witch in the wardrobe right who is like the main bad guy in that movie or that book the white witch right but since it's an overtly christian story it's okay right and i feel like a lot of the arguments that come from harry potter almost aren't familiar with the story and how it ends when it has a lot of the same themes that a book like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe would have. Or, you you love Star Wars, you love the idea of the Force, but because it's not specifically labeled as demonic or, you know, spirits or spells or whatever this stuff is, we're, like, cool with it. Yeah. Or superpowers. It's like, that's fine, because it doesn't have that label. It doesn't have, yeah, the word witch or spell in it. Um, Yeah, and I I think... Yeah, it's wise counsel to to think about who's who's the target audience. You know, if there's a little you know, eight year old Timmy yeah. who is learning about like, oh, is you know this fantastical world is that something that has been taken mm-hmm. from history, or is there some truth in here where I could implement? Like, yeah. if I really want something to happen, all I have to do is believe or mm-hmm. say the right words in the right way, and then the magical thing will happen. Like, is that yeah. all that it takes? Because you don't have a solid foundation established or built. Now, as you maybe mature and even, you know, 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. I don't even know if there's like a hard cutoff or age, just the, the level of uh, intellect and maturity that's present in a kid. Yeah. I think those conversations, this might even be a helpful tool to help describe like what what is a good justification uh, for, you know, spiritual belief? Like, is there something, is there an right. absolute good? Yeah. Is there, are there evil powers at yeah. bay? Uh, that are being practiced here. Do we believe mm-hmm. in a spiritual world even? you know? Like, right. So are there things that are present in this story that we could maybe extrapolate and pull out and then 
actually implement in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of value even to just reading. You know, the I think the conversation about Lion, Witch, and Ward- Witch in the Wardrobe um, and C.S. Lewis is he did have a motivation to communicate with children and introduce some mm-hmm. of these topics. Yeah. And, you know, does the author's intent matter? I think in some part, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't think J.K. Rowling's, you know, motivation is necessarily to introduce uh, all of those different topics. No, but actually she's talked about a lot of, like, the themes that are still consistent there. And she even, like, quotes scripture at one point. Do you want to, Do you remember what it is? Or do you think you know what it is off the top? Uh, she quotes scripture, like, in the story? Or? She doesn't quote scripture, but a quote from the Bible is used as something that's said in one of the books. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of our other episode where you were talking about, is this a pastor or a Buddhist? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty six it says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Okay, talking about like Jesus' death and resurrection. You're talking about horcruxes, and that's that's the same thing um, that's that Harry says in, in the seventh book in the Deathly Hollows as he's thinking about this idea of self-sacrificial love for the greater good. Yeah, and it's like a direct quote. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, no, so like whether or not the author's motivation mm-hmm. is to introduce all these topics, I think yeah. the idea of good and evil, light and dark, um, love, yeah. self-sacrifice. Like those elements that are present in stories are all attributed to, like it goes back to the good book. Yeah. Um, and um, the idea of me subverting maybe my own desires for others, like yeah. in the story, here's a you know, big old spoiler. Harry does have to make a decision mm-hmm. to let go of himself and, and ultimately lay down his life. Yeah. In order to protect everyone else, yeah. and the only way to kill this thing that's out there um, is to kind of tackle it, take it down, and then go to this like weird afterlife mm-hmm. space, and then he comes back to life. Yeah, there's a there's a you know there's a Christ-like figure that's present in the book, um, and it, on the flip side, Voldemort, his whole thing is not wanting to die. Right, like, like that's yeah. why he creates all the Craving immortality. Yeah, is because he wants to be all powerful and he doesn't want to deal with death. Like that's the one thing that he fears. Yeah, like he he wants to be all powerful again. Is the thing that sounds pretty similar to, dare I say it, Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. no, that that is. Um, yeah, I think that those are those elements. We absolutely can find a strong correlation between a fun fantasy world and then what scripture is laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good. And I think that um, in my mind, I even feel like it's a great idea. If you want to read these books with your kids, what a great way to introduce the idea of a balance between like, a story that is fantasy and help them make those connections. So you're not just like tossing them a book and saying like, figure it out. Yeah. And then you end up with kids who are, you know, I was going to say a bunch of demonic things, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, um, I mean, it is like the, the logical progression that I could see is someone who's figuring things out, 10 years old by themselves, they pick up Harry Ooh, Potter. This is cool. And then they start to embrace like Wiccan ideology mm-hmm. and say like, oh, well, you know, this, I, I need to put a charm or a, a thing on just to go out for my day and get some protection. And that's where that conversation of like establishing or mm-hmm. granting a foothold to the enemy, I think actually does yeah. have uh, a place or, or sure. a necessary part of the conversation. Yeah. I asked my mom to read uh, Harry Potter after I'd read a couple of them. Cause she was like, Nathan, 
I I really want good things for you, you know. And when you were like, in high school, this was in high school. Yeah. yeah, she's like, and and I know that you can make your own decisions about things, but I really do, and I love my mom, and yeah. I think that that's a very genuine expression that she yeah. wants to do the best for me. And I thought, well, mom, you know, like I've I've gone to Shepherd's Fold, mm-hmm. I've, I've I'm in youth group, I'm doing these other things. I think I'm starting to edify myself, um, in, independent of what you and Dad have right. told me. I would love it if you would read the first book because I don't I don't think that it contains like spells for me to memorize. It's not and, like it's a guidebook on how to like right yeah like how to, reality. How to become yeah a wizard. Uh, they get on a train and there's owls that deliver things and <laughs> they go to a, they have to run through a brick wall. I, like what part of that am I going to implement into sure. real life? And then, and then a part of it, in, I guess, in my mind, is just like, okay, if people are going to be like, man, you're letting demons into your house when you're doing that, because mm-hmm. the Bible says don't do that. I'm like, okay, well, the Bible also says for you to be like sexually moral, but you'll laugh at friends, which is literally all about people and their hookup stories. Like you're fine with that. So it's just like, where's where's the consistency in that conversation? I feel like that's a little bit of a fickle argument because then that's fair. If I yeah, if I it's fair. So and I that's guess that's okay. Then this is okay. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but I think in my mind, I really feel like it's just a, one an unfamiliarity with the story, and it's almost like because for years and years, Harry Potter was the first book of its kind that was like such a raving success in yeah. the fantasy world that also was like coupled with the idea of being raced like based around this this magical world. Yeah, that it's almost been built into this thing that people are so overtly opposed to it without knowing the story. Whereas something like C.S. Lewis and his books are so widely like welcomed within the Christian community because people are familiar with the story Yeah. because it's one book you read, the line, the witch in the wardrobe that has like essentially that whole story of the gospel message that people can be familiar with that. They can watch the movie and they're like, yeah, this is good for our kids. But you know, when it's seven books, you got to read and you don't know the story. And all you know is that it's a witch and a wizard. Just don't. Just yeah, do just it. a hard no. Yeah, that's that's good. I was I was looking for other verses because um, I didn't want to just find the ones that said don't read Harry Potter, and then we kind of ignore those and push past <laughs> so, them. Hey, right, right? just go ahead and read. But I was trying to find some more things um, that would maybe support that, that there there are good mm-hmm. things to pursue in, in reading a, a fantasy book. Yeah, I guess one of them that I found that. Maybe we could qualify as a stretch, but I think is valid. Uh, It's Philippians 4.8. It says, fill your minds with things that are good and deserve praise. Things that are good, true, noble, right, pure, lovely, honorable. And so there are a few different relationships Mm -hmm. that are present inside this story of Harry Potter that I think do uh, maybe provide really good, clear examples of things that are honorable or noble or pure or lovely like one character that i think of is just very pure and Mm -hmm. uh i try to think of like examples of people in my life that carry some of these traits yeah luna lovegood so interesting yeah a character that is uh, she has these like kind of glasses that Mm -hmm. allows her to see different things yeah and Everybody at school just kind of thinks Luna's a little weirdo. Yeah. And they're kind of a little bit distant, but somehow she makes it into the folds with Harry and Ron and Hermione. And um, her love of, like, weird creatures, I think, like, it just reminds me of some different kids that I've met along the way who have always been interested in uh, being a veterinarian, like, taking care of little animals. So I just see, like, this little character... 
um, as an example of all of the other people that I've met in the world who are maybe a little bit odd, and yet their perspective is so valuable. Right. Um, and so it, it, that's like one niche, tiny example that I think of. Like, okay, cool. This troop of friends, while they're they're trying to figure out how to battle this great uh, and epic foe, yeah. are still caring about one another. Maybe people who aren't built exactly yeah. like them, uh, but welcome them into the little tribe, into the little team. Yeah. Well, and I think, so, like in Ephesians, it talks about how we don't battle against the things of this world, but against, like, the principalities and the powers. And in my mind, instead of just demonizing something like Harry Potter, like, why would we not use it as a tool to introduce to people the reality of these things in the world? And I almost feel as if um, there's, like, there's a pretty big problem, it feels like specifically in America, about how we view the demonic that's sure. like not very biblical. Yeah. I think a lot of moms on Facebook just think if if like something similar to Harry Potter's on TV, you just have demons in your house. It's like not necessarily how it works. Yeah. Um, there's like very real things that are happening demonically. Like, yeah, in America, but even more so in other countries. And we're just so not used to it because of how we view things in our in our westernized view like we have horror movies that almost make jokes out of things like the demonic which are like very real things um and i'm just like okay what if we started these conversations and used it as a tool to introduce the reality of these things through something that's a story that's not real to our kids and help them become educated on how we deal with these things and how we have good boundaries yeah it's, I think it's a good use. Uh, I, uh, my mind does go to, uh, it, okay, that, that's a conversation that needs to be had. Like, how else could you do it? Yeah. Like, is there, maybe you're, you're just not interested or, or like the idea of Harry Potter. That's fine. Um, you know, like, how else do we introduce these concepts? Because right. I remember going on a mission trip uh, to Brazil, and there's a guy, Rubens Cunha. He yeah. gets together like a big... Yeah. Uh, like a, almost like a healing conference. And this is the first time in my life that I've ever seen at scale, like people just yeah. coming hungry for either healing in their body, experiencing it, and then giving their lives to Christ en masse. Yeah. And uh, I was also exposed to a lot of different demonic possession, mm -hmm. um, whether it be like specific stories that I can remember is a man who was just laying in bed uh, and had laid in bed for about 20 years, mm -hmm. and he had like spasms in his back, and his family just described him having episodes where he would just kind of lose a coherence of where he's at. <clears throat> and there was another guy who just kind of followed us around for like a couple of days, and it was just kind of weird. It's like, we're, I, I don't know, we're, we're trying to advertise for this event that's mm -hmm. going to go on. And long story short, he... Uh, did request that you know he's just been having headaches and that we right. would pray for him and then immediately push off and say no i don't want prayer yeah um and it took me and our youth pastor and a guy who's a, a cop and another i guess larger man each of us holding down a limb on this tiny scrawny guy yeah while praying for him to experience uh deliverance yeah. from a spiritual uh oppression yeah. over his mind and his body and then to see like a clarity in his eyes removed yeah. and then him to be able to say like, I have had a, a crushing headache for years of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to practice the things that I was practicing before. I'm really excited to invite more people to learn more about Jesus. Yeah. Like there is a spiritual significance 
uh, that I recognize is present there, that when yeah. I come back to the States, it's not that it's, you know, empty or immune, but we kind of excuse a lot of different things away. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he's probably just off his meds. Like, we just need to suppress, yeah. like, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, the, the last part that I think is really valuable for me to mention here is that I have seen evidence of, you know, spiritual oppression in the United States. Yeah, definitely. I have too. Um, that's not, you know, like, not on some just like yeah. isolated one or two. And I was going to say, I think it looks a bit different in the States than it does in other countries. Not like exclusively, but I think there's definitely ways in which we wouldn't attribute things to demon possession, but they are in yeah. the same way. So, I don't know. I also would take the stance that uh, a believer cannot be possessed by a demon. I think they can definitely deal with um, spiritual attack. Um, there's a great book, Sam Storms wrote. It's called Just Understanding Spiritual Warfare, Comprehensive Guide. It's a bit thick, um, but if you want just like really clear biblical understandings of uh, how, how to engage in spiritual warfare and the importance of it and how we deal with it, and even how to like how to pray for someone who's demon possessed, like what terminology do we use? What language do we use? Great resource. Um, they've got a lot of great podcasts about it on Remnant Radio. If you just search nice. Remnant Radio, Spiritual Warfare, they'll have some other great resources too, just to help you understand understand like what is the demonic what's real what's not real how do these things actually work i think it'll help you understand some of those boundaries i think the more i grew to understand um the idea of spiritual warfare and the the like the genuine presence of the demonic the more i was like harry potter's a book that i can read and enjoy the story without engaging in any kind of demonic things yeah uh i you know you you brought up this topic of uh harry potter versus us realizing that there is a spiritual reality, you yep. know, there is light and darkness and there's kind of competing thing. I immediately think of the woman on that Facebook video from like six years ago oh, that's really? talking about monster, monster energy drinks. And uh, she's like <laughs> pointing out all these different symbols that are present yeah. on there. Unleash the beast, like this kind of thing. I, the the Karen, mark of the beast. The Karen, yeah. Yes. And then oh, like my. she like turns the can upside down. And Do says, you see this? Do you see this? Six, 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 bottoms up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> just like. No. I just, it's just like a bunch of moms who aren't understand. Like they just don't understand spiritual warfare. Heart's in the right place. Like yeah, like you, <laughs> you want the best. You just don't. You don't get it. Yeah. I. That's that's my stance. Maybe some moms are gonna listen to this and get mad at me. No, but no, no, no. Here, no, it's okay. It's just like. I think we just need to understand one spiritual warfare and one like know the story of Harry Potter and then have consistency in how we're viewing all of these things. So if you're going to view Harry Potter like that, like, okay, probably don't watch Marvel stuff. There's witches in that. Like there's magic in that. Dude. You could, you took your kid to yes. see Dr. Strange, but you won't let him read Harry Potter. I didn't. And I'd say. I didn't go see Dr. Strange. I saw dude. the new one, not knowing like the capacity of what it was. Like that one, that made me feel like I felt something. I was just like, this, this just isn't right. This is maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, so I guess just like, man, ha- have the Holy Spirit be involved in your life. That's a great, that's a good one. We should like, get that. What's, on what's wise for you? Like allow yeah. the Lord to be present when you're, if you're reading Harry Potter, man, read Harry Potter with the Holy Spirit. Allow him to highlight things that do have, you know, themes that are biblical. Yeah. When you're watching movies, do it with the Holy Spirit. I just can't stress enough like how how many times the Lord has highlighted something to me just in a day-to-day situation just because I'm like aware of and like trying to understand the things that he's wanting to point out to me. So what do we what do we say to the person who feels a strong conviction to not? Like maybe they've gone full tilt and they say, Well, I don't watch Marvel sure. and I don't think reading Harry Potter is healthy and uh, <laughs> You know what I'm gonna say? Good for you. Yeah. Honor those convictions. Don't condemn me. 
Yeah, because it's like that, you know, they're, because that to me like has some element of subjective truth of this thing is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And if I really do, like people have genuine convictions where they, they think maybe there's some scripture that they could use that aligns or they uh, are just hyper-focused on this being the enemy. Yeah. I, I dare to say the people who want to use that verse in Deuteronomy don't want to read the rest of Deuteronomy and deal with the same implications that that would have on them if they're reading it with the same hermeneutic. So yeah, that's my, my other take. Yeah, I think it's kind of first level thinking to take that verse in Deuteronomy out of context and, and then apply it. So, okay, go, go apply the rest of the book of Deuteronomy to your life and then like, let's have a conversation. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I love reading Harry Potter. So here's, here's the question I have for you because I was talking about someone with this. Would you label Snape as a villain of as a villain or a hero? Well, I mean, for ninety five percent of the book, you're told the story that he's a villain. Exactly. And, but but yeah, you know, yeah. What is he? He's a hero. He's a hero, absolutely. Because we were playing this game called Wavelength. It's pretty fun, actually. It's like an app where you'll get a scale, right? So like, you know, ninety degrees straight in the middle, zero to one hundred and eighty, and the arrow will be pointing somewhere on the scale and you have to give the people a clue that will make them guess where the arrow is and then they have to place it. And I had one that was probably like 90% to the right side and it said, or then I have to give the clue and I said, or no, what does it say? Oh, it says hero and villain because it gives you the two prompts. And I said Snape because I'm thinking Snape's 90% hero in my mind. Um, and they were all like, villain. And I was, I said, no way. No, yeah. Like, the book doesn't work if it's not for Snape. Right. He's absolutely a hero. Yes. Everything that he's done, it's all these behind-the-scenes yeah, things that we're not told throughout the story. Yeah. yeah. Like, dare I say, I'm not going to say Dumbledore's more of a villain than Snape, but he does cut- He does groom Harry to die. Right. Like, he knows good and well not from the second him. he meets yeah, him. Yeah, not telling him what, that where he's going to have ends. to die. Right. Like, he knows that from the moment that his Which parents is a die. Little, yeah, it's manipulative. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you, you dare you could say yeah he could. Um, what about your favorite character outside of like I don't know maybe it's more like outside your of the favorite, big three yeah maybe maybe your favorite character that's in the story but yeah. not given hours and pages yeah. of attention. I like Lupin. Nice. I think yeah, he's Lupin's a good character. Yeah. I think the dynamic with like the werewolf thing when he's the defense against the dark arts professor and the, oh, and the second one I think he's just carrying like a yeah. lot of stuff. He's just like a good likable guy. Yeah. I think all the other ones annoy me in some sense. I'm reading like um, the other adults. Yeah, or even the other kids. Yeah. Like Harry, I'm reading um, Order of the Phoenix right now, and that's one where he's really annoying because he's moody all the time. He's so moody. He's going through all the teenage. Yeah. yeah, and and it's the uh, like when Voldemort's messing with his mind a little bit. Yeah. So he's really moody. Hermione's annoying at some points. Ron is too. Um, I like Sirius, but he's also a bit annoying sometimes. Who do you like? I love Cedric Diggory. Oh, Cedric's, a, boy, good dude. Cedric's like, a good honestly, one too. Just a noble, yeah. good, like, and he's also House Hufflepuff. Yeah. We don't get a lot of Underrated, Hufflepuff honestly. love out there. I think I'd be a Hufflepuff as much as dude, it, as much as it like, ashames me no, to admit I it. No, I I'm like, I think I'm a Hufflepuff. I think so. <laughs> like, I have a competitive nature, so there'd be some part of, like, Gryffindor in there. Yeah. I do think sometimes Everybody, I'm intellectual, so I see some Slytherin yeah. over there. Or Ravenclaw really lines up with that. Yeah. I do recognize when we play you mentioned like secret hitler when yeah. we were talking over there about board yeah. games i love those games this is yeah i love those games where i get to no i'm being 100 percent honest well you get to lie and i just <laughs> lock like i so so then you got some there but yeah. hufflepuff just this idea and even their their mascot 
the yeah. honey badger. That's cool. The best yeah. animal in the animal kingdom. Yeah. yeah. What what position would you play in Quidditch? Uh, I think I'm just a, a chaser. I mean, that's Pretty I'm standard. trying to think. I could. What do they call? It? They're like bludgeoners or something. Bludgers. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you could be a good bludger. Just bludge. You yeah, know? I'm like bludge. I'm just focused on you trying to get in over here, man. Consistency. No, I think it would be a lot of fun to be a chaser. Yeah. But like most of the time, a a good game of Quidditch, you're gonna come up empty-handed. Like mm-hmm. the competition has all happened. Like most of the time, you're not gonna grab the golden snitch. You know. Yeah. So that's fair. If you're if you're open to just kind of pointlessly flying around all game and yeah. not making an impact Dude, I <laughs> except for the clutch moment except for the clutch yeah. harry has every game he's ever every played one. it's like every time he's on there's like well i got it end up in well I, I got the snitch yeah uh, one last thing that i saw that i think is fun i saw these little toy wands you can get but you charge them and then you like roll up a little bit of tissue paper and you can click it and it shoots like a little fire oh, thing out that's dope i thought it was pretty cool did you pick one up i didn't know like 80 bucks that's within your budget. <laughs> you're right. Dumb little toy. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I'm an adult. I can buy dumb. You can. I can buy a wand. You, dude, don't give the. I just don't want that. I don't want those. De- <laughs> I don't want those demons in my life. That's good. That's I can't good. have that in my house. Nah. Yeah. I Go like clean it. your prayer closet, everybody. <laughs> that's good. I like what you said, and I think that's a good note to end on about whatever you're doing. Just invite the Holy Spirit in yep. on it. You know. If that's your conviction, don't read it. It's not mine. Yeah. But if you've had like an interest, I'll say read it. Read it and talk <laughs> talk with somebody about it. Like keep your eyes peeled for nuggets that the Lord is presenting to you where you can think about uh, maybe there are people in your life that mm-hmm. some of these characters will emulate or yep. opportunities for service or even thinking about um, yeah, just what what, what storylines and what, what relationships are present inside mm-hmm. of here that give me a good presentation of things that I've read in scripture yep. before. Yep. I think it's awesome. I love thinking about things and novel stimulation that comes from books. Have a redemptive theology. Nice. I love it. Cool. I think that's all then. Yeah, I almost ended it with a killing curse, but I don't know how it's really, you know, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll talk to you guys after you read the first Harry Potter and you inevitably reach out to us because you love it so much. We'll see you later. Mischief managed. <laughs>